Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What is going on everybody? My name is Connor Lawler. Welcome to another week of Movie Mondays. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast. We are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news, and just generally having a bit of a chit-chat about everything to do with film. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Meehan. Sean, how is it going? Okay, Connor. so physically I'm here, yeah. but mentally I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> that is actually both so no difference no difference well look the second time I was mm. pointing to a big pile of trash but oh <laughs> so it's an audio medium I, I can't tell oh, so I'll send you a picture of it later imagine imagine <laughs> a big pile of trash that's me <laughs> I just imagine like the WhatsApp picture of you just pointing at a big bin <laughs> and just like sad face. It's two separate pictures. The first is the bin. The second is me being sad next to the bin. Yeah. Oh, I like that one. I will like that one. <laughs> so what, what do we do here on Movie Mondays? Uh, you have spent the week gathering all of the movie ah. news, entertainment news. And just generally having a bit of a chit-chat about everything to do with film is what we're about to do. You've never asked me on this show. You always ask me on Weird News Wednesdays. I'm thrown. (laughs) I wanted to change it up. You know what I mean? So this is movie news. And normally we try and cover like a broad spectrum of movie news. Just we're not just going to concentrate on comic books where that's probably where we... I'm not going to say specialise. That makes us sound smart. But that would be our niche. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that would be her default, because, yeah, so, and, I, but this week, luckily, we actually have a lot of comic book news, um, a lot has happened over the last few weeks, and of course, last week, we had a Q&A, so we did not discuss anything that was going on. Um, That's true, and for those that don't know, by the way, uh, comic books are small pieces of paper folded yeah. together with pictures and stories on them. Continue. Yeah, and for the very... Who is that for? <laughs> really quickly. We're going to get one message that says, oh, thanks, appreciate that. <laughs> Fucking hell. I've been looking... I've been doing a good old Google search. <laughs> did not know these existed. <laughs> um, so we're going to start this week. We're... 
where I probably would say I an area where I um, love the most, and that is Batman, shot. Okay. Because we have news that Warner Brothers of DC, we know they like Batman. We know they really like the Batman franchise. But what if I told you... Warner Bros. of DC are going to do something really cool. Really cool. Really intricate that's going to help business in the long term. Make a good Batman movie? Two separate Batman movie <laughs> franchises will run simultaneously at Warner Brothers of DC Films. <laughs> okay, let's systematically break down this entire news report. Number one, that's a bad idea. You do Batman yeah. right once first. No, what if we double it up? Then you have 50% chance of one of them going well. And one of them, even if it doesn't go well, if you have two, it's fine. That's, you're always getting at least 50% of a return on that. Yeah, split, split the writing crew. Write half a decent script <laughs> on either all, side. Split all of your resources. <laughs> split, split the resources and do 50% of the project you were going to do on each of them. And what is the two Batmans? Is it like... Ben Affleck and Robert Pattinson kind of a deal. Um, no. So Robert Pattinson, we know he's locked in. He is going to be Batman in the Batman in 2022, and everyone's very much looking forward to that. But in a recent interview with the New York Times, DC Films president Walter Hamada spoke about these plans, confirming that a new actor will be brought in to replace Ben Affleck in the DC EU, while Pattinson will still play Batman in unconnected movies of his own. <laughs> I thought the DCEU was essentially dead, though. Wait, but- well, the DCEU is now back alive, and that means Pattinson's Batman are going to be like a Nolan-verse kind of-ish thing, where they're their own separate thing, and they're going to get a new Batman to be in with Wonder Woman and the Flash. So, yeah, so once they do Flashpoint, they're going to drag some poor fucker in to be Batman in this poor series of movies. <laughs> Some poor fucker. That's what their casting call is. Looking for a poor fucker. But like that's like okay. I the the patents inside of things. Grand. Those were kind of always intended to be their own stories. Um, yeah, much- and I don't think it would have made much sense bringing him in with Wonder Woman, like with Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman and everything. Just, no. Just in terms of that movie, that universe is already created and now you're doing a brand new thing. And we kind of thought maybe they were going to, through, going to go through Flashpoint and then maybe that's how they'd bring him in. But when they do break it down, you could probably just be best to keep it separate. But Sean, they like money and a team-up without Batman is going to make less money than a team-up with Batman. It, but it needs to be the right Batman because they made a team-up with Batman and it was terrible. What are you talking about? It's the best movie I've ever seen. That, oh, yeah, that's why they're recutting the whole thing. Recutting a whole <laughs> yes. movie. Um, do, do, you want, do you want to know Hamada's quote, which I think is great? Yeah, says, fire away. I don't, th- I don't think anyone else has ever attempted this. <laughs> Let me just think of, you know... An example, uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> no, they've never done simultaneously, though. Spider-Verse. They've gone back to back to back. Okay, Spider-Verse, that's an animated thing, yeah, okay. But two separate projects with the same character, that definitely, and he says, but audiences are sophisticated enough to understand it. If we make good movies, they will go with it. And I think that is, I think it's a positive outlook to have, but if you bring out a Batman movie in 2019 
and then a very, very different Batman movie in 2020, I think very quickly audiences will get bored of... Or not bored, but audiences will, audience will one, pick their favourite, and the other one will suffer... And Earl still both lose revenue just because the more Batman movies you put out, the less special it is. Yes, the less people like Batman. People get really excited about Batman when they are casting Batman for a new movie. Um, mm. And all those rumours fly and they're like they're betting on it. It's like picking a new James Bond. Um, whereas this is like putting Jared Leto's Joker beside Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. And say, and those are technically two separate continuities, but like fans of one are not fans of the other. I would say. Yeah, I I think we are seeing at the minute like we know everything to do with the MCU and Spider Man Three. They are bringing Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield back in a one movie, but it's kind of seen as like oh, it's a special thing where timelines are intersecting. This is not one of those situations. This is a situation where they want a Batman in the DCEU, but they also don't want to tell Robert Pattinson to go away because there's a lot of excitement on that side as well. And so you end up with a situation where I think Pattinson... I think Pattinson's Batman is going to be great from everything we've seen. Yeah. I mean, it could be it could be shit, but it looks really, really good. If that comes out and does really well, like, just just imagine Batman Begins comes out. And then the next year, DC put out a, a, another Batman movie. That's not uh, that's not the Christopher Nolan Batman universe. Like that movie's going to get shot on if the first one is good. Oh, it really is. And like, there's there, there's there's going to be so much internet speculation, and so some of the clickbait headlines that come out of this are going to absolutely kill me because it's going to be ten reasons why these universes are connected, except they're not. Um. Mm. And also, like you said, if you put out if Robert Pattinson's Batman movie is great, and then they put out a shit Batman movie the year after, that shit Batman movie is somehow now worse as well, and um, because you have something to compare it to. Yeah, like it's it's the same as if Pattinson movie is bad, and then their one is good. It's it's this, it's the exact same premise, like. The more stuff you have, the more um, comparisons you can make between two things. But if you only get one Batman movie every three years, you're going to be more excited. Like, Star Wars have fallen down this path where they were doing all of the, the like The Force Awakens and one by one coming out, but they were also doing Solo and Rogue One. And like when Rogue One came out, I remember like a lot of people I was talking to were just like... and. Why does Ray look so different in in this new Star yeah, Wars movie? Yeah. It's so weird because it was another female protagonist. But like, I I understand that people audience audiences are smart enough to do that. But I think you're hindering your profit chances with the big movies if you're like taking it away to split it off. It feels there's a smack of like desperation about it, where they're desperately trying to make a connected universe work. Um, and they feel and they can't do one without Batman. Yeah, they feel like Batman is absolutely necessary to that universe. And look, in a lot of ways, he probably is. He's one of the most he's the- recognizable, I would say, superheroes. Um, but you could just like, like, I think I think that ship has sailed in the DC EU for that particular Batman, and maybe even that particular um, universe in general. 
and I'm not saying they should just reboot it, but maybe they should just take a look at how they design a universe this time. You could just do a situation where maybe Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa go through a portal. Instead of bringing a Batman in, they go through a, a time thing in Flashpoint and they end up in Pattinson's universe. Yeah, and see, like that's that's even strange in itself. Because like, like it doesn't work. It it doesn't really work. It doesn't feel earned at all. Um, like there's there there's a whole there there in the you know Injustice that game. Um, yeah. There there's a, a really good comic run based off of that, and in it, um, spoilers for this like ten year old comic by the way, but uh, Oliver Queen dies. What are comics. Comics are small books. <laughs> Oliver Queen dies. Oliver Queen dies, um, and then Black Canary is stays fighting on, and eventually, after in the comic, after years of fighting, she dies as well. And someone then, so you know, I think it might be Dead Man or someone like that, brings her to another reality where Oliver Queen is still alive. But in but for that Oliver Queen, Black Canary died on that day. So the, both of right. them have experienced the loss and then having to fight on afterwards. And then they're finally reunited after years of fighting. That felt earned. That felt an earned way to bring a character into an entirely separate universe. Just saying, oh, the Flash ran really fast and now we have two successful franchises mashed together. That doesn't feel earned to me. <laughs> Yeah, but they also like Batman and they like money. <laughs> it it is gonna just come back to the fact that Batman movies make or movies make more money when Batman is in it in a DC world, and they want to some they want to stay on this DC EU idea because they set it out in twenty fifteen or fourteen or whatever they set it up, and now they can't back out. It's gone too far. But then on the other side, they now have Pattinson, who they've just let. I think it's weird because letting Pattinson off and letting that movie go um, with with Reeves and everything, like, that's a very good idea, but it's also kind of hindered him because now you're not able to just go back on it and bring Batman in again to a different thing. I think you have to pick one lane. You can't do both. Yeah, and, and, and don't justify it either as, oh, this is a genius decision that no one's ever considered before. It's 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 nobody's nobody's done it before for a reason. <laughs> no, yeah, and and like it it might not it it probably won't work. Let's just say that as well. Um, also, from everything I've heard in terms of rumors, uh, the Batman on the set, um, there's a lot of troubles. And in if I remember correctly, the quote I had read was it includes an overworked Pattinson and, and an overbearing Reeves. <laughs> oh Jesus, so, that's going well. <laughs> Yeah, love that. I think it's because I think it's because of everything to do with like the shutdowns and then they started back up. They're against time, and they're like very much all the setbacks are making them basically fly through it, and they're just overworking Pattinson to the nth degree. Yeah, so he's just, he's absolutely bet simply by schedule. Yeah. Sean, we're going to move on from comic book stuff because I wanted to throw this in, but I didn't know where. I didn't want to start with it because it was just going to make you mad. Oh, okay. But I have a follow-up to one of the biggest trailer reviews we did last year. Now, we covered a trailer from a little movie, and now a lot of people might not have heard this one. 
Wild Mountain Time, Sean. Oh, yeah. Now, you, what can you tell me about the Wild Mountain Time film that releases next week? Imagine a really bad Irish accent, if you can. Mm. And imagine a <laughs> whole film made out of that. Asher be Gara be Jesus. And f- Asher... Ha, tiddly D. And there's an American chap and he has all the money, but there's a gentle farm yeah, John boy. John Hab, Emily Blood, Jamie Dornan. Three big stars, Christopher Walken's in it. Yeah. Four pretty big stars and they decided to all agree to this shit fest. Yeah, not, and a, not an Irish accent between them. And we came to the conclusion that it had been offered to the likes of Saoirse Ronan and Brendan Gleeson, but they deemed it shit and didn't, didn't do it. <laughs> Well, I have two very important pieces of news. Firstly, is the director of Wild Mountain Time said it's not for people in Ireland. <laughs> interesting. It's interesting. See, this though, it's set in Ireland and everybody's doing an Irish accent. And, you know, this I is, don't know. Connor, this is a card I've never gotten to pull. But is he appropriating our culture? <laughs> we never get to do this. But yes, because he said maybe we're not smart enough to figure out the plot of Wild Mountain Time. Um, This is actually a really interesting conversation, though, because is it more interesting to do an accurate portrayal of Ireland or do you just appeal to what people imagine Ireland to be from watching The Quiet Man a thousand times? I or um, like an episode of Murder, She Wrote, when she turns up in Ireland. Um, Yeah. No, I... I don't I don't know. I think it is a bold call to do a movie in Ireland and then have Jamie Dornan, who's probably one of the biggest actors from Ireland and or from this this island anyway. Yeah. And then you have Emily Blunt, another great actress, and you've got Christopher Walken there as well, John Hab. Like you have a great cast, you set in Ireland, Everybody's doing Irish accents and then say, no, none of these fuckers will get it because what we're going to do is absolutely just assault the Irish accent. Nobody's going to be doing a good one and everybody's covered in dirt and the script is terrible. <laughs> it's so shit. Um, and it's the most, like, it's it's a land dispute as well. It's the most fucking Irish plotline you could ever have. Also, if you don't understand what we're talking about, go watch the Wild Mountain Time trailer. We did a whole review of it, but this is news because I have found out what the ending of the plot of Wild Mountain Time is, so nobody has to see it. Would you spoil Wild Mountain Time on me, Connor? I think it might actually be more beneficial for all of our lives if you are spoiled on what happens in this movie. Okay, and can I also just say as well... um, and and this has no bearing on anything. But Connor, Wild Mountain Time is set in Mullingar. Yeah. Those are not Mullingar accents. <laughs> you know who's from Mullingar? <laughs> Niall Horan from One Direction is from Mullingar. Yeah. It's a very flat accent. Very flat accent. Not yeah. this sing song um, shit. Anyway, spoil the ending for me. Wild Mountain Time, it's a plot. We When you look at the trailer, you tell me what you think the ending is. Tell me what you think the plot is. Tell me what you think, how it ends. And I'll tell you what actually happens. Okay, so I think Emily Blunt's character um, goes to America with John Hamm, then decides in the end she loves Jamie Dornan, and they mm. take over the land together. Um, and... Maybe the real Wild Mountain Time was the friends we made along the way. 
and like and his father's like oh you'll never be able to take over the, the farm and he's like ah sure father I want to take over the farm and then Christopher Walken's doing a Christopher Walken accent mixed in with a leprechaun and Bit he's leprechaun saying there. a little bit can't get enough of it and he's saying no Jamie Doran who let's be honest we're going to put it out Jamie you, we're disappointed in you the most <laughs> okay <laughs> for your accent <laughs> but um, you think Okay, well then maybe he'll find himself, maybe he'll find it with himself, he'll find love with Emily Blunt, who will think, no, I want to go home to my small town and get with my boyfriend. Um, even He's a lovely man, he doesn't have a lot of money, but he's a nice man and he'll look after the farm and me. And if he just ended at that and the two of them finish up happily, then great stuff. But instead, shot. the ending is, and this is from the director, that Jamie Dornan's character, it ends with that he thinks... He's a bee. What? <laughs> He's a what? A bee. An actual bee. What the fuck? What? <laughs> he thinks he's a bee. Like a buzzing bee. Like a buzzing bee. He thinks he's an actual bee. What? Yes. So he says he's a bee. He What? <laughs> It ends with him saying that he thinks he's an actual bee, not like, oh, metaphorically a bee, a literal bee. And then Emily Blood's character then talks about how she thinks that she's a swan and how her father played her swan lake when she was a child. And the memory of it made her think she was a swan. What? I... (laughs) If I could bottle up your reaction, I would look at it repeatedly. What the? Who does this? What? Why is? Okay. As is he? Is it just a throwaway line, or does he legitimately think and act like a bee in the film? No, no. He um, it like the accents are bad, but he genuinely thinks he is a bee. And um, the explanation was given by Oscar-winning director and writer John Patrick Shadley to Jamie Dornan. And this is what Jamie said. <clears throat> In the end, he reveals his really peculiar secret to Rosemary. And I got myself to a place where I totally believed that I was a bee. You know what's so funny? That day I approached Shadley and said, Shadley, there's something I haven't really asked you. It was the border of the seed. And I was like... When he says that, does he actually believe he's a bee, or is he just saying that as some dramatic thing? Yeah. And Shadley looked me dead in the eye and was like, sure, we all believe there's some, we're something weird, or, or something we're not, right? And I was like, do we? <laughs> Only Shadley can say something so off-kilter and weird, but he totally believes it. He, he believes he's a bee, so is he going around, like, pollinating? No, it's ha- one point in the film. It is said that he is talking to the air, as as bees would. What? Bees don't. Mm. <laughs> mm. So is he actually mad? Sean, how, how, how? How? I don't think through the whole movie he's never perceived as mad. The trailer is just a, for a, a shit rom com in Ireland, but this is a plot twist none of us seen coming. He's a fucking bee. That it ends bee. with him being a bee. He's a. B- <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. That's a... Does he do... Okay. Yeah. Does anyone else yeah. know he's a bee? Has he told anyone he's a no. bee? No. He no, he hasn't told anybody else. He kept it within himself 
all this time until he found true love and then they're about to get together and he just looks at her and he says, you know Emily Blunt or Rosemary, I genuinely believe that I am a bee. And uh, and she's fine with this. Yeah. Go back to John she, Hamm. She says she's a swan. <laughs> she's, oh, you Look, if you had to pick an animal, you wouldn't pick a bee, would you? No, you wouldn't. Um, I mean, the director is director Shadley is said to have said, "We're not making it for people in Ireland." <laughs> no, oh, who who historically hate bees? Is that what he's saying there? Yeah, I th- I think it might be the bees or the accents. I was here at the start trying to get into a, a good discussion about, oh, is it is it ethical to make a, a film that's you know, misrepresents a country? But then you just pull this fucking bee shit out of your arse. So hang on, I just have Shandy's quote here, and I'm, I'm more angry now. Go for it. Um, Shandy then said, if we tried to sound like the actual people that Rosemary and Anthony are based on, nobody would understand a word in the film, Right? So we tried to do accents that were sort of Midlands, Ireland, and quite specific. So we do sound like we were trying to sound, and that's what I'll say about it. Fuck, Mullingar is the Midlands. (laughs) (laughs) Sean, no other podcast about movies is covering this red-hot movie news. (laughs) But it's... It's... What a pointless movie. What an absolute... How did this dude win an award? An Academy Award? And then, and then to turn around and be like, no, you don't get yeah, it. Yeah, Ireland. Like, if you we don't know what you're talking about. Shitty, shitty little Irish people covered in dirt accents. Nobody would understand you, you fucking peasants. Yeah, that's another thing. She's Let's just covered do. in dirt all the time. What we're going to do is very similar to what Black Panther did and pick a very specific accent and just nail down on that. Except Black Panther based it off actual regions, whereas we're just going to go broad spectrum. Let's give it a fucking guess. Yeah, just like the, the casting was, can you do an Irish accent? And they said no. No. And, and then the director said, give it a try. <laughs> If you wanted to be racist, go on. <laughs> Give me a go. Sure, it's only the Irish. <laughs> I think Shadley has gone to the top of our list of worst people in the world. He's gone to the top of my hate list. Um, this movie, you do not need to see it. Jamie Dornan ends the movie by telling his love, who I'm sure he's tongue to her a farm and they're both covered in dirt, as we all are. And he says, I genuinely think that I'm a bee. I... Uh, and that's at the end of the film, so there's no time to address that properly. Oh no, you wouldn't want to build that out in a character arc. No. Like, it's just there. It's just there, and it's it just comes out of nowhere by all accounts. Shall <laughs> um, would you like to move on from Wild Mountain Time? Let's buzz off, correct. Oh, good one, good one. Because I have Sony, who have... Sony have another piece of news this week, but Sony have come out recently and show what are one weird movie genre that, what are one genre that is very well a one take, but doesn't normally translate to films very well. So they're a very good media, Mm -hmm. but they don't translate to films very well. Um, Could it be the gramophone? No, it's video games, surely. Video games, because, but Sony has looked at that trend and said... We're going to book that trend and we're absolutely not going to dip our toe in. 
we're going to fuck shit up because I have Sony has three movies and seven TV shows based on PlayStation games in development as of this moment. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> that is ten projects. Ten projects. What, do they list the games at all? They don't list all of the games, but they, currently one of them is Uncharted. Yeah. So I mean, that that makes sense. Um, FIFA. They're a PlayStation production. <laughs> they're just gonna turn over the Sky Sports <laughs> and just show the actual game. Job done. Um, they're they're doing The Last of Us. Which is a, a, ostensibly a movie of itself, anyway. I would say you just copy and paste that. I don't know how you change that up. Yeah. Um, they're also doing a Metal Gear Solid movie that we know Oh, of. we discussed this. Yeah, Oscar Isaac as Snake, mm. isn't that it? Uh, Oscar Isaac is Snake, indeed. Which I think is pretty good. I mean, they're some of the ones announced. They're also hopefully going to be doing a God of War movie or TV show. Oh, but I love God of War. Don't do it. Mm, they're going to ruin it. <laughs> they're going to ruin the thing I like. <laughs> so what do you think of Sony's grand plan? To A lot of companies have tried this shot. Moving video games to movies. And video games, weirdly, make a lot more money than movies do these days. So it's weird that they're still trying to make that transfer. Um, but they are going to attempt it because Sony, of course, own a lot of video games at the minute. Um, Sean, do you think this is a good idea or bad business? I look, I, 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 mm, it's weird because video games are like inherently franchisable and marketable. You can always make more video games, and branching out into the likes of film and TV, it it's always the one people ask about. Like I remember for years and years and years, people were like, "Oh man, an Assassin's Creed movie would be great." But then you yeah, get Yeah, I think it. it really would work. Yeah. I uh, think that would really... Get the guy who played Magneto in. Oh, brilliant. And just make the Animus a weird <laughs> fucking arm instead of a chair. <laughs> yes! <laughs> like, it's... I, I they're, they're, Video games have such... Especially now, they have such a clear idea of what they are, who the characters are, and what the story is, that people get really attached to those stories and characters. And by design... You have to do a film has to be like a two hour representation of what can be, you know, a 30 plus hour game. So a lot of that shit is getting cut out immediately and fans aren't going to like that. And also you take away a bit in a video game where you're in control. And now, and, and a lot of people like that, that if you're playing like Witcher or whatever, like Witcher is a great uh, series on Netflix, but it's also a great game. That's probably one of the few ones that has worked. Um, that's because they got everything right, but also you get across the tone of it. The problem is, say, when you have like movies like Assassin's Creed or Doom, like a lot of people, whenever they do these interviews, they're like, oh yeah, we really loved the, the product and we wanted to, to translate it over to the big screen. What they really mean was they offered me a lot of money to write a script for this and I played the video game for like an hour and then I, I got the gist. Exactly, I just fucking filled yeah. in the gaps. And it's it's like, and we know there's a fan base built in, so it's fine. But in terms of, I, I just want to highlight actually about The Witcher, um, the series actually follows the books very closely. Um, Which is good, because so you have games. something to base it off of. Yeah, yeah. Like there, there's this grounding point that you can always refer back to. Um, that does, and what's important, the books don't have player agency. 
that the player does not control or the reader does not control where that book is going. It's one singular mm. vision from an author. Whereas in The Witcher, uh, I know in the third one specifically, you can do whatever the fuck you want, pretty much. That see, that's actually interesting because I think if a Witcher book, weirdly, like this is a this is a weird conversation, but if the Witcher book didn't exist, I think the Witcher TV show would be a lot worse because, as you said, like. If you were trying to get the, like transfer something where you have free reign in the video game and there could be hundreds of hours of content there and you're trying to get it all down into 90 minutes on the screen, it's obviously going to be harder because you have so many different... Everyone plays that game differently. And so everybody will have different experiences. Whereas if you would just have a book, like even though they play the games differently, we're just going to do exactly what's in the book. Whereas a lot of... A lot of t- a Sony ideas that they have here, Metal Gear Solid, that could be an interesting one. I think that's going to run into the same issue, where a lot of people are going to play that game differently. Yeah. And so how do you do that in movie form? I know Oscar Isaac, great actor. And The Last of Us, by the way, that's a movie itself. I don't understand that at all. Yeah, that is like, that. that <clears throat> that's essentially a tech demo for an entirely CGI movie um, with actors and a very believable story and great action. Like, it's already, all the elements are there. And someone d- undoubtedly has cut all the cutscenes from that game together into a movie on YouTube already. Oh, yeah, and it, it's probably like 40 minutes long, and you could just go watch it now, and it would be better than 55% of movies that are already coming out. Yeah, because it's what, like, the game designers design, what the writers wrote. Um, it's not done by a team to make the most efficient, the most efficient fan pandery movie that pleases no one do you think this is a good idea to go all out now maybe i i normally wouldn't have this as news because normally oh like they might do one or they might do a tv show but to plan 10 and just go we're gonna go all in on a on a genre that has not normally translated very well i think they've bitten off quite a lot i think they have now like but i also think the way they release these um, is very important. I think if you if they had a, a you know a relationship with a streaming service that they could release these on, I think they would be a lot less critiqued than if they just go straight to like blockbuster movie release. Mm. It's about it's very important. You can get very good TV series out of a video game, though more so than a movie. I think it lends itself better because it's longer form. Um, yeah, like, look at the Sonic cartoon. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good um, we're going to move on to our next piece of movie news and this is Sean I think kind of up your, right up your street as this is MCU and it's got some stuff to do with some cosmic bullshit um, kind of cosmic bullshit kind of not because I have Doctor Strange's oldest foe a new report says he may become the MCU's new Thanos over the next few films Interesting, is it? Mm. Uh, his ego. <laughs> it is. It's Benedict Cumberbatch's ego, <laughs> the dickhead. <laughs> um, no, so obviously Thanos is out of way, and they've dealt with him. They should have went for the head, but they did eventually, and he's gone. So you need a new big bad for Phase Four, and a lot of stuff we've covered over the last few weeks is just with Doctor Strange and how. In regards to one division and the Doctor Strange and uh, hit the sequel, the Multiverse of Madness and Spider-Man Three, 
there's going to be a serious amount of cross-linking timelines. There's a lot of mind stuff going on. But the new report says that the new the villain could be the same in all three pieces of media. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Now, you would think it's Gore the God Butcher, maybe... Kang the Conqueror, other serious heavies in the MCU world. Now, we know Gore the God Butcher is going to be appearing in Tor 4. Yes. But the possible candidate that they have thrown forward is Nightmare. He is going to be the major antagonist for the next few films. Sean, who is Nightmare? Nightmare is he's a, he's a bad demon dude, um, but he rules yeah. um, the, dream, oh, so the dreamscape, I think it's called, basically... Um, when people dream, he can infect their minds and influence um, certain events. Uh, mm. He, I, there's a, I did a Hero Zero, God, probably a year and a half ago, of a character called Sleepwalker. Um, yes. And the, the Sleepwalkers are a team of um, dream entities who fight Nightmare, basically. That he, he just poisons people's minds, makes them do... Um, bad things, and he is a doctor. He's been a Doctor Strange villain, and I think a Ghost Rider villain on occasion. And Sean, I'm just going to throw this one thing. We have taught for a very long time. One division, Mephisto, mm-hmm. the devil of Marvel, is behind it. What if Nightmare is behind what's going on in One Division? That's that's not a bad shout, actually. Uh, it would tie in really well to the fact that Vision is created from the Mind Stone. If it was like, you know, dreams take place in, quote-unquote, your mind. Um, it would be a nice way to tie all that in, rather than just, oh, it's a demon. Um, and you have a grieving Scarlet Witch. Maybe he he goes into and gives her her dream scenario, which would set up one division. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. That's like, oh, look, I can give you this. Um, in return, just let me control all your powers for a little bit. That'll be fine. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's like a twisted version of like what her heart desires, but she just gives everything else up. Yeah, it, it's and the thing is, is that um, the only way to like you can stop nightmare from existing, but the human race needs to stop dreaming. So, but if if humans stop dreaming, they'll go insane. Like if they, you know, right. it's not just like oh, sleepy time, nighttime dreams. It's like having goals and aspirations. So the only way to fully defeat him would be to rid humanity of the ability to aspire to things. <laughs> you just have everyone sitting on a couch. It's like fuck it, it'll be grand. It I'm just fine. gonna sit here. I'd really like a cup of tea, but that's a bit of a dream too far. <laughs> I'll just fucking sit here. Um, I think Nightmare if if this report is to be believed now this is very loose like it's not confirmed in any way but it does make sense now originally we thought it was Mephisto who was driving everything behind one division and causing Scarlet Witch to go mental because Mephisto has that connection that um, pieces of his soul are her children um, and so it would make sense to have Mephisto involved but if Nightmare is the the villain of that, Doctor Strange is already confirmed as part of the One Division cast. Yeah, Doctor Strange 
is his big bad is Nightmare, or one of his big bads is Nightmare. So, and he's connected from one division, Multiverse of Madness, and Spider-Man Three. So, you need a villain who connects to all, can connect with Doctor Strange through all three of those films. Nightmare is kind of looking up. The more you think about it, the more it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and in terms of like the even Spider-Man, if you look towards Nightmare, like think think of everything that. There's going to be three Spider-Men in it, were confirmed pretty much. Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland. Think of everything that those Spider-Men have lost. And imagine the scene now where Nightmare shows them a dream world where that loss never happened. Because mm. it, like, it just makes a lot of sense that he would definitely prey on Scarlet Witch. Because she's like one of the most powerful beings in the whole universe, Bert. But she is definitely grieving. Like she is in a bad way. So you take her out when she's at her lowest, and just maybe slowly try to convince her, steal her powers if you want, and use them to fight Doctor Strange. Yeah, and like, there's a lot to be said for that. Be- that being exactly how it goes down. Um, but I also think that, like, we did see Mephisto, well, we think we did, in the Loki trailer, didn't we? So, yes. So maybe it's some well, kind we of... See, we see the window. We see the window with Mephisto on it. Yeah, so maybe it's some kind of, like, grand alliance between a few of the, like, multiversal demons. You could get Annihilus in there somewhere if you want to bring the Fantastic Four, if you want to get them involved at some point. Um that there's different dimensions. Um, and Like, you can even take the quantum dimension through Ant-Man. Um, and it's like all these dimensional threats coming in, and that's when the Fantastic Four get involved, because extra-dimensional shit is their jam. And it gives, um, it gives Doctor Strange a lot more, I don't know, stature, I would say, probably, because he'll be a very vital part of this. Like, he's going to be facing up against an antagonist who's affected the whole MCU or the wider MCU and so he will probably be raised like during Infinity War whatever he kind of took a backseat to Iron Man and Captain America yeah and but now that they're gone it would make a lot of sense that Doctor Strange steps up as the main guy he's like the pillar than everything else and he helps everybody else just in terms of Marvel being a fucking weird ass place and he's the expert on everything that's it and I'm really excited to see Doctor Strange do more because it kind of feels like we saw his origin and then suddenly he was super powerful in Infinity War and Endgame so, and in Thor Ragnarok and in Thor Ragnarok so to see you know more of his day to day goings on or how he deals with threats in a, in a much more personal solo movie kind of way, that's really interesting to me. And even have him as like the bit the guy that people come to when they're like when they're nearly losing or they're out of ideas. Like make him the expert. So like Spider Man comes to Doctor Strange like I have no fucking clue what's going on. There's loads of universes that I'm seeing Spider Man everywhere. And Doctor Strange's like okay I'll figure it out with you. Yeah, I'll so fix he's like this. he takes yeah he takes over the role of. Tony Stark if if you want to replace Tony Stark with another character that can kind of everyone in the MCU revolves around allow that to be Doctor Strange who's ultimately the most powerful person they have he is I'm also looking forward to I think they're going to like replace like various elements of Tony Stark's personality are going to be replaced with various Avengers Um, Mm. like I, I think you're right that Doctor Strange will be the main like 
I need help. I'm going to go to this guy. But I also think that like Hulk is the new science guy. If you want to go that way about it. And Captain Marvel is the new space um, guardian, if you want. Yeah, anything like other dimensions, you come to Doctor Strange. Anything outer space, you go to Captain Marvel. Yeah. They're higher too. Because Tony kind of had a finger in every pie in a lot of ways, except for the magic, strangely enough. Um, You still need a Doctor Strange. Doctor Strangely enough. Oh! Oh, very good, Connor. (laughs) Thank you. Um, so, yeah, the, the new report does say that Nightmare could be the villain. So we will keep an eye on that. I cannot wait for one division to come out. Um, That's like a week and a half away. Quite, yeah, it's, it's going to be quite fun to just watch it. Um, so we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And this is about James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Um, so we've heard a lot in regards to, and A lot of people are very excited about this. And this piece of news is something that will get you even more excited, Sean, because I have James Gunn has confirmed that the Suicide Squad will be R-rated. Yes, this is what we wanted. Mm. It is. So now you have James Gunn in control of the whole Suicide Squad, and it is R-rated, which the Suicide Squad should have been R-rated from the beginning, to be honest, because they all have bobs in their fucking heads, and you have to kill some people. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Like, to have a PG-13 movie about a literal death squad with nothing to lose. Like, it, it, it just... It, it, it really didn't lend itself to the, the Suicide Squad that we got. This one feels like it's now entirely James Gunn's vision for that movie. And good or bad, um, I, I, I think that makes a movie better when it has, like, a cohesive vision. And especially because with the R rating, like before that was debt. Like if you had R rating on one of these films, you're going to lose a lot of money. But like after Deadpool, Logan and Deadpool 2, obviously. like And Joker. They make a lo- and <laughs> I specifically left it out. <laughs> Joker. Um, it has shown that you can make a billion dollars. It does not matter. People will go see it anyway. And if an R rating is what you need to give the best story, especially... As I said, Suicide Squad is perfectly set up. Like, you have a bunch of killers yeah. in the group. They're, they're a team of murderers, and they go into a place, and they're called the Suicide Squad because it's like, well, if they die, who fucking cares? They're killers. Whereas in the last movie, we just see, like, them doing weird, okay things, and Deadshot is, like, shooting just goons. But these guys should be... They're going to break in, and they're going to kill... They'll kill everyone in the building, and if four of them die, who cares? Because, like, we don't care about them. They're the Suicide Squad. Yeah, and wouldn't it be great if, like... Because a lot of the arguments that people level against Marvel movies is that they're too family-friendly and they're too sanitized a lot of the time. Like, DC, just lean into the, oh, we're actually the gritty universe now because we will show blood and guts and horror. Well, you're, you're not gritty because it's dark all the time and it's always raining. No, you're not PG-13 gritty. Do full-on, like, make me miserable. Watching that superhero movie. <laughs> make me sad. No, but I think you can do a Suicide Squad R-rated and make it funny and make it entertaining and just make it batshit fucking insane, which is what they should be. It's like an ensemble. But, th- but didn't you say, the isn't the villain going to be the star dude? Star-o? Star- the Star-o the Conqueror, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be weird body horror shit, which James Gunn is very yes. good at. James go and with an R rating he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, there's no so, there's no uh reins on him. 
like it's going to be a mixture of a comedy enter like a comedy thriller horror like there's going to be a point where all these characters are all like trapped somewhere and like four or five of them just keep getting taken out by these things jumping on their face if you don't know who star the cogger is he's like a big he's an alien creature who like attaches to your face like alien think of alien but he's in comic books and he creates like loads of minions and then when once he attaches to your face or one of his children attaches to your face you become his slave it's a hive mind he basically kind of contro- thing. yeah it's a hive mind so he beco- he controls you so why they're starting with the suicide squad has such so many characters there's so, like i don't even want to go through how many people are in this it's everyone from the first one and then like another 10 and they've packed it out for the sole reason that they're all going to go in and at least nine of them are going to be dead within the first 20 minutes Oh, like, undoubtedly. And then the rest of them are going to die on the way to the end of the film. Yeah, it's only going to be, like, probably Margot Robbie left. Um, Joel Kinnaman, maybe. and John Cena. Maybe <laughs> John Cena. I think John... See, John Cena has a spin-off planned, so I don't think they can kill him. Yeah, I, Peacemaker is getting his own, uh, his own thing. But, like, Nathan Fillion is dead, certainly. Oh, like he's so dead. <laughs> it's just you're just watching this lineup going, Oh, a great actor, great actor, you're gonna last four minutes, maybe ninety seconds. Yeah. Ma- Taika Watiti, the, like, you're immediately gone. Oh, Taika Watiti's first date. Ta- There's no way he signs on unless he's the first date. Taika Watiti is gonna jump out of the helicopter and he's gonna get decapitated by the blade. I think this is great news. Uh, the Suicide Squad, I'm very much looking forward to it now. It's what the first one should have been, but they backed out at the last second. What if they um, had two running so, simultaneously? Isn't that a novel well, idea? I think you might make more money that way. I, I think you're right. I think people are sophisticated mm. enough to understand that. It, isn't it a, like It's so weird that even when you think about it, like I said Batman, but just even consider any other franchise we've seen in the last few years. Like... What if they did a Captain America movie with Chris Evans and then recast Captain America with someone else and brought another movie out the year after? Oh, that's... Well, (laughs) if it's John Krasinski, I'll allow it. Okay, John Krasinski's coming out the year after. Good, okay. But maybe he'll be Mr. Fantastic (laughs) instead. Different universes. Different universes, absolutely. (laughs) But they're the same character. (laughs) Um, Okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news. Now, Sean... Uh, HBO Max has kind of come under a lot of flack over the last few weeks and DC and Warner Brothers themselves because Warner Brothers announced about three weeks ago now that they were going to be putting all of their 2021 movies on HBO Max yeah but thank god they notified everyone beforehand right well yeah they gave them 10 minutes (laughs) and then they allowed the other ones to just notice it on Twitter which was nice of them Um, but mostly uh, what was happening was because they have a lot of big movies coming out in 2021. Indeed, and they so, do. Sean, were people, were the directors and the people who worked on these movies very happy about the fact that they were no longer getting exclusive cinematic releases? I don't think they were what you would call pleased. No. <laughs> but they on might. On a scale of one to ten, how are like if they have like five smiley faces getting progressively sadder? How sad are we talking? Imagine the really sad smiley face. Um, But someone has drawn X's over the eyes. (laughs) Oh no, that's a dead sad person. He's he's sad and dead. (laughs) He's sad and dead. I would be sad too. But one of the big releases was Dune 
Sure. Yes. Um, Sean, you have been reading the Dune series. I say it like that for no reason. But Sean, what you've been reading them? You're kind of an expert on it now. I'm, I'm um, the most knowledgeable be- one on this podcast about it. Certainly, I can barely say a word. So it is going to be getting um, a release in 2021 as planned, and then it got moved to HBO Max. But they didn't very, they didn't like that mm. in any way because Legendary, who are another studio that have worked on Dune, um, they do not. This is the studio that has financed 75 percent of the film. Oh, the majority, and of they it. own, and they own the rights to the novel. Oh. Um, <laughs> They uh, were, oh, what word would I say? Uh, sad. Um, Livid? Quite irate, I Furious. would say. Um, you finance a, fi- a movie for 75% and then you own the rights to the novel and then you are just told that it's going to be given out for free on a streaming service with no cinematic. Um, so you won't be getting that massive box office that you were expecting. Oh, that wouldn't go down too well. And it's likely not getting a sequel if it goes this way either. No, because they won't have enough money to make it back. Yep. No. And so they have actually tied with the idea of suing DC and bringing a lawsuit forward over sorry, the last few weeks. DC or Warner Brothers, sorry. Sorry, Warner Brothers, Warner not Brothers. DC. <laughs> uh, like, Fuck Warner, you, Batman. Warner Media. <laughs> No, they, they hate fucking Robert Pattinson. <laughs> They're like, whoever the new guy is, we're good with him. <laughs> um, no, they, uh, Warner Bros, I should say, um, and Warner Media. And they uh, they basically said, like, we're going to take a lawsuit up against you if you do this. And uh, Warner Brothers have now actually backed off and has said that Dune will release in cinemas now. Just solely, like, exclusively in cinemas. Yes. Man, that's mad that it took that. It took being the threat of being sued for them to realise that that was a shitty thing to do. Because Dune 2 is already being written. And they also have a spin-off show on HBO Max already planned. So this is very much in Warner Brothers' favour to do this because they were potentially losing a billion dollars. Now, we don't know what the world's going to look like in October whenever this movie was going to come out. But like, they'd be hoping that large numbers of people would be able to go see it. And they're just basically banking on the fact that, right, we're going to leave it to come out in October. They they gave Warner Bros. the choice of, you can get sued or you release it in cinemas. And Warner Bros. were like, alright, cool. But, surely this implies the fact that they got it wrong originally, that they went back on their word, because Dune, who are another big company, were like, no, fuck you. We can do this. Not a lot of other projects can do that, but luckily Dune has the fanfare and the fan base behind it that they could mount this sort of lawsuit. Yeah, because I, I think that Warner Brothers are banking a lot on Dune to be like their next big thing, um, because it, it like it has a massively passionate fan base. It was it's a massive like it, it it's a sprawling story that like it's it's like influenced every other work of science fiction like Star Wars and everything like that and so and it's already all written so like why why wouldn't you just get this series of films ready and do you think this will cause them to go back on their decision and maybe release maybe the Suicide Squad in cinemas as well I don't know I think DC are going to be less um, 
vocal. Yeah, they're kind of more like they are. They're one and the same. In a lot of whereas ways, legendary is its legendary is its own studio, and they trusted Warner Media or Warner Brothers with twenty five percent of the production costs, and they were like, "Oh, we'll put it out over your umbrella," and then they got kicked in the balls. Yeah, I think there's look. I think there's going to be a lot of um, other like production houses and things like that that say, "Hey, can can we do that?" And because they're not June, they're going to get told no. Because they're like, okay, if you don't want to go on HBO, find another s- distributor. You know. Do you want to know a really interesting thing? Is that Sony Pictures uh, came out this week and they said they're reaping unexpected benefits from Warner Media's HBO Max decision. Ah, because everyone's and, selling um, their ideas. Because <laughs> the chairman of Sony came out and said, after the Warner Bros. announcement, it's been a bit of a boom for us, is what he said. Because it's made dating our movies next year somewhat easier. But the real benefit has been the number of incoming calls from talent, creators, actors and directors to us saying, we want to be doing business with you because we know you're a theatrical distributor and producer. That's this a fucking... has worked out very well for us. This is classic Sony, <laughs> just muddling their way into film success. <laughs> They're just like, they were just doing nothing. And then DC decided to shoot themselves in their own head and they were just like, oh... All these Christopher Nolan now wants to make movies with us, yeah. and they're like, "Sorry, they pick up the phone." It's like, "Sorry, it's Christopher Nolan." D. Christopher Nolan is ringing us. Yeah, he says he wants to do a movie with somebody he released to the cinemas. Fuck! What do we say to an actual director? Yeah, how do we oh, how fuck. do we broach this actual business deal? <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah. Oh, well, there's a chance to make money, but we haven't made a deal in years. But I love that as well, oh, and no. that's something I hadn't thought about. Is that yeah? They don't need to compete with films in the cinema now because they're going to get half the viewers they regularly would. Yeah. So, like, Sony have somehow, they're just sitting there and now all these directors and actors and everything who, and writers, more importantly, who worked for Warner Brothers have now said, well, if we write for them, we'll get released at HBO Max, but if we write for you, we'll get a theatrical release and there's a possibility of probably 500,000 more dollars. So I'm obviously going to write for you. I think I, I think on the new canon on this podcast is that Sony is the Mr. Magoo of the film production world. <laughs> they've, they've Boba Fettered their way into profits. <laughs> Again. <laughs> They're just like, we now have Spider-Man and Christopher Nolan. <laughs> We've nailed it, lads. This is... Uh, and look... I'm I'm glad. I I would have seen a lot of them in the cinemas anyway. If the cinemas are safe to go to, uh, we had this discussion when we had this mm. original uh, story come up. Um, but I am glad that um, Legendary got the win there because it's, yeah, if you if you contributed seventy five percent of that cost, you get to say how it's released. Yeah, like it's like you pay for seventy five percent of my car. Or like me and you go seventy five percent, I go twenty five percent, and we buy a car, and then I turn around to you the next day and said, "I decided to sell the car and keep all the money for myself." <laughs> You're like, "Okay, yeah, great." And to put it in perspective, the budget for June is one hundred and sixty five million dollars. That's a lot of money. It it, it really is, Connor. And seventy five percent of that is one hundred and twenty. Oh, one hundred and thirty. Like dollars? What? <laughs> Yeah, hundred twenty million dollars. Uh, hang on, I've I forgot how to do maths. Oh no, how do you multiply? I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> seventy-five. It's the X button. It's one 
point two three million dollars. I said one hundred and twenty. That's look. That's, oh, sorry, it's one hundred and twenty-three million. Yeah, thank you. You got yeah, Matts. Yeah, it's I could have saved you a lot of time there if you had to just trust in my brain. Hey, Connor, 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 Connor. Yeah, shut up. Well, <laughs> sound like my maths teacher, <laughs> Connor. No, seriously, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm trying to work this out. Um, okay, we're going to finish off Movie Mondays this week, Sean, with a piece, a one more piece of Warner Brothers magic. Jesus. Now they've they've had a lot of news this week, and um, why did they did that? Because the the film CEO came out and they, they did a an interview. And when this happens, we get a lot of back chat and whatever. The New York Times uh, interviewing uh, Walter Hamada has kind of given us a lot of news. And the main thing I have here is that Warner Brothers. So not only are they going to be doing two Batman films, you think. Jeez, that seems like a poor decision. And to go all streaming service last year, that seems like another poor decision. But Sean, they don't just go for twos. Things come in trees. Because Warner Brothers is planning more HBO Max spin-off series for DC films. Oh. Okay. Yes. Right. So, Mm. like Wonder Woman and Aquaman and uh, The Flash... Would you would you like the exact quote? Which I think at the start the headline doesn't seem too bad, but wait till you hear Mr. Hamada's actual quote. Here it is: With every movie that we're looking at now, we are thinking, what's the potential HBO Max spin-off that we could get out of it? <laughs> Hamada explained. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel dirty after hearing that. <laughs> you fuck off. What is wrong with them? How do they do this consistently? Make good movies. Don't make prequels to TV shows. Yeah, but what if we make this movie? But it's like, yeah, I've I've written the greatest Batman story of all time, boss. Yeah, but do we have a HBO spin-off to come out of it? Well, no, I just wrote it as a good movie. Back to the drawing board with you, boy. So it's over to Sony with you. <laughs> So he's like, go to Sony, we don't even want to look at you. I only want movies that set up other movies. Iron Man 2 style. That is the MCU's best. That's such a, it's such a fucking, like, it's a snivelly little thing to say. It's being like, we're just going to cash in. We're just going to milk this thing till it's fucking dead. Mm. And the thing is, Marvel have done the exact same thing, but they didn't say it. No, by saying it, it implies... Also, Marvel did uh, at least maybe... How many years? Was it about eight before they started doing the offshoots? They did Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but nobody really fucking watched that. Um, yeah, it's only the this year. Netflix stuff. Yeah, this year is when they're properly going for it. But they've had a decade. or near, Since 2007. Or 2008, sorry. So they've had, like, 12 years... Of constant stuff, whereas DC have a DCEU that doesn't even exist anymore, a Batman they haven't even cast yet, another Batman that they're doing on the side, and they also have Wonder Woman and Aquaman, but the Flash movie might be happening? We don't really know. Um, but now they're going to say, right, well fuck it, let's set up ten more spin-offs. I, yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the way to go. And I don't think... Is this... 
is this classic DC of looking at what Marvel are doing and skipping the five steps in between and going straight to the it's end step of carbon, setting off spin-offs? It's a carbon copy of what happened like <laughs> with, as the second after Man of Steel was released. Yeah, because like, it's, it's the exact same. They're just like, right, well, we want to get to the point where we can release, uh, say, four series on uh, our, our streaming service a year. Yeah, and Disney Plus are doing it, so why can't we do it? Yeah, on it's kind of HBO the idea. Max, which I must say, and I keep saying it, it's not worldwide. No, but what's the potential of HBO Max spin-off? There's no point to do the movie unless you have a spin-off idea for it, because you gotta really just if if you have a whole script right and a whole movie and it's really good, but is there even a minute there where we could just like squeeze just? plot point that we could expand on later on just a character he turns up Nightwing shows up he says hello Bruce walks away who's that guy we need a spin off to find out like and it, I don't even think I, I think since um, like Game of Thrones ended I think HBO has lost a lot of the, the sparkle that it once had like they still make good stuff but I don't think they're the gods of television they think they are anymore. Um, so far, all we have confirmed is um, we have two spin-offs already done. That is Peacemaker, that we've already discussed. Uh, that is John Cena's character in Suicide Squad. And that will actually be written and directed by James Gunn. So I think they've, they've already got that locked in. Okay, and can I just say as well, good for John Cena. You know? Yeah, I think he needs... I think he deserves a series. Yeah, he's done... Like, he, he went from a wrestler to a, a, a minor actor to now being a massive actor. And I think he's a good actor as well. I think he is. I think anything he's in, I, I enjoy it. And I think it's nice to see him and, say, Batista. Like, Batista and James Gunn works well, so James Gunn has proven that, like... He can take these people from a different medium or a different whatever. He actually James Gunn put out a really nice tweet about Dave Batista. I think it was yesterday or the day before. It was like a, a string of tweets. And it was kind of like, when you work with uh, some actors, you can see that in their eyes that they don't, they're not really there. And with Dave Batista, he was one of the most talented people immediately. Like, you've seen in his eyes. that, And I think he sees that in John Cena as well. That, like, they're not just here to... They always... Because they have to be entertaining you. They're just in the scene. And they're acting. And that's actually what acting is. Yeah, and he has a good eye for picking that out in people. Um, um, they also have the Gotham PD spin-off of the, the Batman. So they've already Bree- got one Batman spin-off. Breeze past that. I think it's going to be awful. No, so... Yeah, but think about this, right? What? You've got Gotham PD spin-off of the Batman. But what if you brought out the second Batman, DCEU, put out a Gotham Police Department spin-off from that one, then you have a Nightwing show up randomly in one, Tim Drake shows up in the other one, two extra spin-offs, but different universes. You're pr- I mean, you're basically just printing money at this stage. Like, But in the DCEU, J.K. Simmons is Commissioner Gordon. Yes. And he's also J. Jonah Jameson. And he's also not in Gotham PD. Because that's a different universe. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. It's from the Batman universe. Maybe I'm not sophisticated oh, enough for this. Th- this movie hasn't even come out and we're not sophisticated at all. <laughs> I don't like this news. 
Um, They've also got uh, the plans for Bird of Prey series spin-offs. So you've got maybe um, the Black Canary in that. Right. She could get a spin-off. You've got a Wonder Woman spin-off already planned from the Amazons. The Temascara um, thing, yeah. Yeah, so you've got you've got you've got some ideas there. You've also got they were hopefully planning a potential spin-off with Black Adam's Hawkman, which is he's going to show up for ten minutes. Yep. Then get a spin-off, which is oh, it's 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 not it's not great. And I I just like to highlight there. This is a lot of season two of The Mandalorian felt like hey, let's introduce these characters that are going to have their own show in a year and a half. That was a lot of the show um, this season. And, and and it was still enjoyable, but it was very like, okay, get on with the main story. This is going to be yeah, because you movies doing you, that. Yeah, you want to watch a show and follow your favourite characters. Like, that is why, and I mean, I said at the start, Iron Man 2 is a really bad film. And why is it a bad film? It's because you have Black Widow there, and she's literally only there, her and Nick Fury, to just be basically like... Well, there's the Avengers thing coming up. Do you remember the Avengers? Yeah. We're in the Avengers. You're not in the Avengers. We are. The Avengers is definitely coming up, Tony. Yeah, and it's it it's it's just set up for the sake of setup. It's I, I and, but if you're if you're actively going out of your way to set up things, you will make the things you're working on now worse by doing that. Yes. Yeah, because. There, there's a reason movies don't have ads most of the time is because it takes you out of things. Even if you're advertising for your own show in the same universe, it takes people out of what's happening in that movie at that minute. Are you saying that HBO or that Disney or Disney DC should maybe look to make good movies first and then spin-offs maybe further down the line? Isn't that the advice we've given them probably every th- week that they've come up? But every single week they've said, let's go against the grain, let's see what happens. Let's let's piss off June. <laughs> <laughs> let's piss off something that could make us a billion dollars. So, yeah, DC, that is their new game plan. We will see how this pays off in the coming years or months. Let's see how long they stay on this plan. I can only assume it's going to go perfectly. They haven't done anything wrong in about a year. They've never had a slip-up. That's that's famously true of DC. <laughs> Their long-term planning has not once let them down. Nor will it ever, Connor. Um, Sean, I think that's it for this week's Movie Mondays. What a week of news. Thank you all very much for listening yeah. to this episode of Movie Mondays. We will be back on Wednesday with Weird News Wednesday, Friday with Hero or Zero, and next Monday with another episode of Movie Mondays. Big thank you, of course, has to go out to all of our patrons over on Patreon. Um, they help keep this show going. They help us put it out three times a week, and we really do appreciate all the support over there. Big thanks goes to Waffles Williams, Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley, Ryan Evanson, Sean Jamieson, Dominic, Josiah Green, Anna Helmroos and Richard McGrew. Thank you all so, so much for the continued support. If you would like to join those fine people, get a shout out on the show and access to bonus content on the Patreon. Um, it's patreon.com slash Heroes for Hire podcast and there's a link in the description to that. Um, also, Connor didn't plug it this week, but there is a merch store. Um, with do you know what? When you were when you were talking there a second ago, I thought, "Fuck it, I didn't do a merch plug." And then I thought, "How will I fit it in now?" I <laughs> know, <laughs> ah, Connor, I got this one. 
Um, okay, please. If you no, there's, there's a merch store down in the description. Um, if you want to buy Heroes for Hire t-shirts and mugs and hats and stuff, um, it's all over there. It's a cool way to support the show. And as always, if anyone has any merch, um, do send us a message on Twitter. It's actually absolutely great to see. Um, send it up anywhere. You can do it to the Facebook page, Detective Divilman's Discussion Group. Um, or you can send it to us on Instagram Heroes for Hire podcast over there um, but I think that's about it Connor. I think so so I've been Connor Lawler I've been Sean Mean. and we'll see you next week guys bye bye hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter that's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.